podcast is brought to you by Nova Southeastern University's Fischler School of Education and Human Services. The Fischler School has the largest graduate school of education at an accredited university, serving more than 14,000 students each academic year in some 55 cities across the United States, plus approximately 40 other countries. Hello, this is Dr. Marilyn Gardner with the United States Distance Learning Association, and thank you for joining our podcast entitled Sustaining Quality in Online Faculty Training, Course Development, and Delivery. Today I have with me Dr. Gail Weatherly, Distance Education Coordinator at Stephen F. Austin State University, which is in Texas, in case you didn't know. Gail, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us. I also have Lori Rogers, who is a doctoral student in the Ed Department at Austin State University. Thank you for joining us, Lori. You're welcome. Good to be here. I thought it would be important to start with just a quick overview of what have you both been doing professionally and personally over the last couple of years. Well, Marilyn, uh, this is Dr. Weatherly, and I've been in public education in Texas for 23 years and have been involved in distance education for the past 11 years in higher education. That has been a, an area, as you know, that has exploded in growth and interest in students wanting the flexibility of online learning. And so I have watched our academic unit grow and have supported the professional development for faculty to become online instructors and developers. One of the primary concerns that we always have underlying that is quality. So one of my main roles is to deliver to faculty methods that they can use in their own online course instruction and delivery. Lori. Thank you. Personally, I have a sweet husband and a daughter who is 10 and a Yorkshire Terrier named Fifi. I have been in the public school system for over 20 years, just really enjoyed teaching, and now I'm working on my doctorate in education. I've also had the experience of working in a business arena and have been a trainer for several different businesses, and so this is a wonderful opportunity for me today to see the blending of the two fields. Excellent. Thank you very much. I guess my first question is, how do you evaluate the outcomes of your online instructor certification process at SFA? In our process, we begin with fundamental skills, and then we progress to information about the course management system, and we're getting feedback all along the way. I teach a capstone course in this whole process for certifying instructors to teach online, and it lasts about a semester. It's all online. There is an end-of-course evaluation where I gather some quantitative and qualitative feedback from the faculty. I use that to try to improve the course, you know, any information that I can get, uh, that's what quality is about. You gather formative and summative evaluation and information and put that back into improving the course. We also administer some departmental surveys of faculty every few years. But I think everybody can understand that being in technology is a very fast-growing area and involved in this constant training and professional development. It leaves very little time to uh, devote to pure research of those same faculty who are completing the process. 
In 2009, I was very excited when our unit was approached by a doctoral graduate student from the College of Education at our university who wanted to do a survey of all faculty who had completed our process. I looked at that as an opportunity to have an independent study administered to those faculty where they would feel a little bit more free to be honest about what they really felt about this certification process. So I thought that was a wonderful opportunity to have faculty give their opinion about our process to someone who had nothing to do with our academic unit. Basically, the study asked the online instructors how valuable was this certification process that they had gone through, and it asked them to evaluate how much they used that in their actual online course development and delivery. The study was conducted by Lori Rogers, the doctoral graduate student in educational leadership, and this really led to a partnership with our academic unit. I was just very excited for faculty to be able to give us this feedback so that we could try to improve the quality of what we're doing. Lori, could you further describe the nature of the study? We were able to pull together a research study that reviewed the thoughts and expressions from the instructors that had received the training from the OIT department within the last five years. What role did you actually play in the study? I was the doctoral student who was given an assignment by two professors in our department, Dr. Pauline Sampson and Dr. Julia Ballinger, and they had asked us to come up with a research topic, and it was up to us what we wanted to choose. I've always been interested in teaching best practices and as well as web-based learning, and so this was a perfect opportunity to blend the two fields and see what the teaching practices were for online teaching. I'm sure you received a lot of feedback and guidance. What were the major questions or ideas that led to this study? I've always been interested in web-based learning and the great opportunities that it provides to all who are interested. And as well, I've always wanted to make sure that as we are instructing our students, regardless of their K-12 or college students, that they're receiving the best instruction possible. I just really wondered if when the online instructors went through an additional training process, if that made a difference in the outcomes. And I've initially started out with asking the instructors their opinions of this certification process and plan to additionally survey students who have gone through classes that have been taught by these certified instructors to see if they feel there's a difference. What was the response? Were there a lot of faculty who participated in the study? Yes, we had a really good response rate. We had 42 participants begin the study, 41 completed the study, which to us initially implied that they were ready and eager to let us know what they thought and their processes that they went through, which was a really good benefit for us. We had a, a large group of numbers to work with. You submitted that to about 80? Yes, we submitted 80 because the 80 was the number of instructors that had actually gone through the process from the time period of 2005 to 2009, and our response rate was 42. Excellent. What types of questions were on the survey? This was a Likert scale survey. It was nothing difficult or challenging to do. We had 17 closed questions and we had five open-ended. At the end, they could just write down their thoughts and expressions and give us their feedback on what they thought. The total survey took about five minutes to complete, which I think is part of the success. I know our audience would really like to know what were the results? 
We were excited to find that over 97% of our respondents agreed that in a significant manner this process really contributed to the continued success of their online instruction and that they were happy and satisfied with the additional instruction that they received from this program and were very happy that they had gone through the process. I am sure there were challenges and I know there were benefits to the study for your academic unit. What were some of the challenges? I think anyone who has been devoting so much of their heart and soul, you know, into developing a course for professional development, and, and we've all worked very hard in our academic unit to develop these instruments for training faculty, and you know, you get too close to your materials sometimes, and you get too close to your process, and I think it was very healthy for us when Lori uh, approached us to say, we're eager, because we realized that we put a lot of our own personal time and energy into this and sometimes we need an outside objective bit of feedback. So I think the first thing to overcome was that initial reaction of it being some sort of an outside threat. Then to sit down at the table and talk about how the study would be developed and how to give them the names of all those faculty who had graduated from our certification process since 2005 and that being you know over 80 some odd faculty and really not knowing what would be the feedback, but just knowing that we would benefit from that one way or the other. I think that was a challenge initially, but once we sat down and visited with Lori and at that time her partner in the study, Sherry Wells, we realized very quickly this, this was going to be a benefit one way or the other, good, bad, or ugly, regardless of what we found out, it was going to benefit our process. And what were the benefits? Well, the benefits were, I think, first of all, to actually firm in a way that what our philosophy is that faculty members, even though they are subject matter experts, they still need additional training and support in order to teach online. That's been the reasoning behind our process, which is to some people, you know, when you start saying it could last a semester to begin at the beginning and then go all the way through an online course that asked them to be a student themselves, that's uh, rigorous. But at the same time, the what we learned in the study, when we asked a collapsed percentage of 95% of those surveyed indicated that the certification process was highly useful to their online teaching. So I guess what I would say is that we learned that it may not be until it's in retrospect that faculty realize the benefits of a professional development process for online instruction. We had that affirmed through this study. One of our survey questions asked, had the online instructors been taught any type of online teaching practices prior to being online? And 35% of those had taught actually online courses at another university. 77% of those had never received any type of online professional development training. And that just really reiterates the fact that professional development needs to be developed for the online instructor. It is very clear that this topic is very important, and I would ask both uh, Gail and Lori if you could share your contact information so if people had any further questions or wanted to replicate your study, uh, they could get some advice and guidance from you. Yeah? Yes. Uh, my information is Dr. Gail Weatherly, Stephen F. Austin State University, and my email is G-W-E-A-T-H-E-R-L-Y at S-F-A-S-U dot E-D-U. 
My phone number is 936-468-1818. Thank you. Lori? My name is Lori, L-A-U-R-I-E-S, Rogers, R-O-G-E-R-S. I am at Stephen F. Austin State University. My number is 936-468-7284. My email address is R-O-G-E-R-S-L-A-U-R-I at Titan, T-I-T-A-N dot S-F-A-S-U dot E-D-U. Gail and Lori, thank you very much for joining us today. This is Dr. Marilyn Gardner with the United States Distance Learning Association. And if you would like more information about USDLA, you can find us at www.usdla.org. Thank you and have a great day. This podcast is brought to you by Nova Southeastern University's Fischler School of Education and Human Services. The Fischler School has the largest graduate school of education at an accredited university, serving more than 14,000 students each academic year in some 55 cities across the United States, plus approximately 40 other countries. The Fischler School of Education and Human Services is dedicated to the enhancement and continuing support of teachers, administrators, trainers, and others working in related helping professions throughout the world.